0: What's up and welcome to another edition of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday with me, Jonathan Hood. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at WrestlingTWT. We have a busy show today. We are going to talk about AEW in Nashville, Tennessee against NXT from Full Sail University in Orlando. We'll talk to Josh Lopez from ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com about that. We'll talk about CM Punk coming to Fox Not coming to the WWE, but coming to Fox. We'll talk about that as well as other issues around the world of professional wrestling. And don't forget, I will be hosting with the world's strongest man, WWE Hall of Famer Mark Henry. I will be with him this Saturday. Looking forward to it on the 16th of November. Busted Open on SiriusXM Fight Nation and also on the SiriusXM app. So this Saturday from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. Central Time, they replay that show a ton on Saturdays and Sundays as well. So you can't miss it. My debut, my first time ever being on Busted Open as a host with Mark Henry coming up on the 16th of November, 8 to 11 a.m., the original airing, Central Time. I'm so looking forward to working with the World's Strongest Man and doing three hours of professional wrestling conversation. Hope that you get a chance to listen and support me and support the show, Busted Open. Busted Open airs six days a week, six days a week on Sirius XM Fight Nation, so I'm so happy to be part of the Busted Open family. We've got a lot to discuss And I have a special guest, Court Bauer, the CEO of MLW. As MLW is coming back to Chicago, they just came off a tremendous pay-per-view on November 2nd, Saturday Night Super Fight. That was on pay-per-view from Cicero Stadium. You can still go in the archives and find that pay-per-view. It was tremendous. So we're going to talk to Court Bauer because MLW is coming back to Chicago. So we'll start off with Court Bauer and then we'll get to AEW against NXT and more right here on Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday. Court Bauer, the CEO of MLW, is with us on Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday. It's returning to Chicago, February 29th, 2020. Tickets on sale right now as we speak. Right now, go to MLWticks.com. It's MLWticks.com for. Major League Wrestling, don't forget also you can watch MLW on BN Sports Saturdays, 8 p.m. Central Time. And also check out the YouTube page, youtube.com. Court Bauer joins us on Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday right here on ESPN 1000. Uh, Court, as always, appreciate your time.
1: Hey, it's good to be on with you. How are
0: you doing today? I'm, I'm doing great. It's good for you to be able to once again connect to uh, really the home of MLW, as I told you it would be. I don't know why you just don't live in Chicago and have a nice office here because this is the spot. Uh, it, does it surprise you how much Chicago has really embraced MLW?
1: Well, I mean, we certainly kind of accidentally fell into like a very complimentary fit with Chicago with like the brawling style of our wrestling, the lucha, it all seems to really complement what a lot of people in Chicago want to see out of their wrestling, a little bit of an edge to it, and all this kind of mixing into our, our version of wrestling gumbo, it kind of really worked well for Chicago, and we took a big risk on doing our first show at Cicero Stadium, Very, the biggest building we ran, so for us to see success, see the response, the, the interest, uh, it really has blown me away, a year later and a pay-per-view later in the market. So I might have to do some real estate shopping, I
0: guess. (laughs) You might as well just live here, man, because this (laughs) is the spot. You are are making money just like um, Dick the Bruiser did and Bob Luce did (laughs) back in the day, for sure, with these regular shows, and it's great. Before we talk about... Uh the big show taking place on February 29th uh mm-hmm. here at the in Chicago. Again, MLW Get your tickets while I talk to court. Um Saturday night super fight. Um uh, I mean I want to get your thoughts on your first baby, your first pay-per-view taking place in Chicago.
1: It was a really uh a lot of work went into that. You started I started playing that show in February of twenty nineteen. No this was a big ten pole on the horizon getting down that road uh seeing everything kind of materialized as i had hoped uh, i was very happy i was very happy with the bell-to-bell action in there i thought every match lived up to the hype, which was hard when you're saying you know dream matches super fights and then they actually deliver on that uh that was a seminal moment for the company it really was we had a knock that out of the park a lot of people have compared it to ecw's barely legal and I could see that because it was, there, were, there definitely were high stakes for ECW then, and everyone brought it on that show and it really felt like a, a quintessential ECW experience that you got to see on live TV. Same thing here. And just like ECW, where I guess they had an issue and they almost went off the air, and this is an exclusive for you. Uh, we actually had about 40 seconds left on our satellite window before we, we went off the air. Oh, so wow! When La Park went out there and started kind of promo, and I know we're short on time. I was like, every second counts. I was like, please get him going, get the match going. And they delivered the full match. No, no, uh, no shortcuts, nothing. And it really worked out well. And uh, that to me was one of the best brawls I've ever seen. Just a great, great battle of two guys that just left it all out there. And uh, you know, some wrestling pundits were like, "How could you put those two against each other? Well, they're both heels." I was like, "It's all about context." Going in, LA Park was a babyface, you know, especially in Chicago. But then you heard this kind of like this back and forth: "Let's go Fatu! Let's go LA Park!" thing. And you could see that the crowd was just invested. They had their guy. They wanted to see this big fight and, and win this fight. And and at the end, uh, you know, it was a wild, it was a wild match with a big explosive ending. Uh, with the poor Slee to go through the table.
0: Uh, so uh, I want to get your thoughts on Tom Lawler because you tweeted something out about Tom. Mm-hmm. What is the latest with Tom Lawler and MLW, your, your relationship with Tom?
1: Well, my personal, on a personal level, my relationship with Tom is, is very good. Um, Tom is a great guy. I first met uh, years ago when I was working for Ring of Honor and I introduced him to Ring of Honor. We brought him in. Uh, I suggested he uh, be the corner man for uh, Red Dragon, um, which is Bobby Fish and Kyle Mm O'Reilly. And that was kind of his reintroduction to wrestling. Uh, He had been a pro wrestler before getting into MMA. And he was a day zero guy for us when we relaunched the league in 2017. And just a a great presence in our locker room for the last two years. Won the World Heavyweight title. uh, Just a real first class guy, despite being called filthy. Uh, and so uh, his contract is expiring this December. Uh, we've had talks going on for half a year. And like in any sport, you know, you try to make the deal happen. Sometimes you can get there. Sometimes you can't get to that point. And you just shake hands and say, hey, I wish you the best with whatever that is that comes next for you. And uh, we, we end it at that. And so uh, there's no weird, weird animosity but at the moment, uh, it would appear that Tom is finishing up with us this
0: December. MLW Intimidation Games taking place on the 29th of February, 2020. Get your tickets now. Do not be part of that standing room only crowd. Get yourself a seat. MLWTicks.com will be at the Cicero Stadium uh, in Chicagoland. I saw that King Moe is part of the MLW family, the yep. former MMA fighter, uh, the money weight, King Moe is in the mix. <laughs> what, uh, what are your expectations for King Moe with MLW?
1: Well, I, I look at, first of all, just as a matchmaker, the potential matches you can do, whether it's with Davy Boy or Thatcher or, or Tom Lawler, possibly if the, the time it worked out, uh, or low-key. And there's some really interesting matches. And he's such a—I mean, he's very well known for those iconic walkouts for Bellator and UFC and in Ryzen where, you know, he just had these over-the-top walkouts. He can cut a great promo— an incredible athlete, just a freak, a Division One wrestler from Oklahoma State, uh, super uh, uh, strike force, uh, light uh, heavyweight champ. So he's got the credentials. He's a huge lifelong wrestling fan. He trains an American top team down in uh, in Florida. And I, I think he's going to be a great fit for us. We always like mixing in MMA in our, our league uh, with guys over the years like Matt Riddle, Tom Lawler, and now King Mo. Uh, I, I think he's going to be a great fit and... You know, Superfight kind of was the end of one chapter for the league, and now we open a new chapter. We start the 2020 to 2022 chapter, and I'd be, I'm very curious to see how Kingbo fits into this. As he likes to call himself, the Black Leprechaun, because wherever he, he's looking, he's finding gold. Yeah,
0: that's so, that's so really true. <laughs> you know what I'm, I'm excited about? I'm excited for Myron Reed. Yes. You know, My, Myron Reed would open up a lot of shows on, on MLW, and you continue to see the progression and how he got. He got better. Saying less got him over, actually, because sure. because he's around and he's he, he's he's talking about injustice. And I I think that in his spot right now, I think that he's in a, in a great position. when MLW is being champion, and I think he he deserves it.
1: Yeah, you know, and, and, and you know he he's earned it, and he's earned it through putting in the work. And uh, since day one, he started with us at the Battle Riot in 2018 in New York. And he just, he almost stole the show. Like for a young kid coming in, he, it was hard to beat a 40 wrestler match, but he nearly stole the damn show that night. And he's just been in the system now for a year and a half and he's just thriving. And then when you added Coto Brazil and 19 year old Jordan Oliver, mm-hmm. they, they really have this incredible chemistry, and this dynamic between the three of them. That's very rare to see. And we also see it with the dynasty a lot too, but, uh, Byron's just, I, I said to him, you know, it's kind of funny. You know, you know who else was 22 from Louisville and won their first world title? And he goes, Randy Orton. I was like, oh, he's from St. Louis. <laughs> um, my answer. Uh, I said, Cassius Clay. And, I, you know, I, I, I mean, people forget about Cassius and his journey and how unique it was. Everyone just rem- you know, looks at it in a very romanticized version, but they don't know what he went through. And I think it's a compelling story that's never been told in wrestling and I think there's a way to blend some of today and, and reality uh, to that story and you tell your story. And so he's been a great collaborator with us, and I'm really excited to see the next chapter for him unfold. And I think he's going to be a great champion, and we're going to see a lot more high-fly, high-octane matches with him as champion. Uh, it's just the way he works and everything, and then you have the dynamic of injustice always being an X factor there. Uh, I, I, it's his moment to rise up. And at 22, That's a really compelling story.
0: You can watch MLW on BN Sports, Saturdays at 8 p.m. Central Time. Uh, and also check the YouTube page for MLW. And again, MLW is coming to Chicago on February 29th. MLWticks.com for Intimidation Games. Court Bauer joins me, Jonathan Hood, on ESPN 1000 for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. You know, this this time, I know that wrestling historians would probably disagree, but I really think, Court, we're in a, a great time in professional wrestling where it is reminiscent in a lot of ways of the territory days. Because anytime that you can see MJF on TNT and then see MJF on BN Sports or MLW, it does remind you of the old days where there would be wrestlers going from territory to territory, working the territories. several of them at the same time except you didn't see it on television you had to find out through the magazines as a kid but it's just it's interesting time the dynasty is one of those things where with mjf being with your company i I just think that he's even more over with mlw because of what he's leading there
1: yeah and and i think it's a different presentation you know mjf in one company versus another company it's kind of like it's like seeing a, a, a player in the Bill Belichick system or another system. How is that guy going to be utilized? And different systems have different plays and, and different ways to, to use talent. And so how I use them is a little different than AEW. And I think for fans to get to see this weird alternate universe, we can see you know both versions of MJF in different leagues. It's fascinating.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no question. I want to uh, get your thoughts about the, the Opera Cup. It sounds like a a funny name, but, there's a, it, but December 5th is going to be in New York City at Melrose Ballroom, another yes. big event for MLW. Could you tell me the origins of the Opera Cup?
1: Well, in the early days, in the, in the 1800s and into the 20th century, a lot of wrestling was hosted by opera houses. Those were big buildings in their day uh they were typically anywhere from you know 500 seat capacity to two three thousand and they would do wrestling matches at these opera houses in the united states and in europe it was just the place there were no nba arenas there were no big you know armories and stuff there were no cicero stadiums so this is where you just saw things like this and they, they had tournaments and one of them was called the opera cup the opera house cup and uh, it went on over the years, and it was a versions of it was round robin and single elimination, all types of versions. And uh, the last Opera Cup was 1948, won by a very young Stu Hart. And as you know, times go on, and the, the advent of TV, those kind of concepts and, and an opera house is just aren't as as common as they once were. And TV matches are different. Those kind of things, both with the venue and those tournaments, just kind of faded away over time and were lost to time and you can go back and look at those uh, if you do some research you'll find a lot about this and the Hart family uh, had the trophy that Stu had won and and, uh, the the kids inherited it and uh, we're actually finishing up getting it cleaned up and fixed we had to have it restored uh, but it was, it's, it's been a cool thing to kind of bring in a tournament that has some equity, that has history that you haven't seen or heard of maybe, but it's been there all this time, and bring it back, and there's connective tissue to the Hart family. And so for them to uh, be generous enough to allow us to promote and host the Opera Cup is a big deal. I hope to make it an annual event, uh, and I hope to one day actually put it in an opera house Which I guess, you know, for here in New York would be something like the um, Hammerstein Ballroom, which really was an opera house at one point. The uh, upstairs uh, looks and is an opera house, the uh, Manhattan Center, where Brawl came from in the early 90s. So uh, it's got a lot of prestige to it. And I'm very curious to see how guys like Davey Boy Smith and MJF and Hammerstone and Brian Pillman and other names. Uh, do when they compete on december 5th in it so we're going to be releasing those names in the brackets in the coming weeks at mlw.com and you know i'm, I'm i don't like doing tournaments often mm-hmm. i would love to make this an annual thing because i think you can over like overdose on tournaments and wrestling and if this thing feels like we can make it into something special uh we really would love to continue this tradition it's been 71 years since the last one i would love to bring it back and make this a regular event
0: so for those of you listening in New York City, operacup.com for tickets, operacup.com. And uh, one of the first matchups is Brian Pillman Jr. against TJP. I mean, that guy, yes. TJP. I mean, nothing yes. against Brian because I know Brian's going to be listening to the show. But TJP, I don't, I don't <laughs> want to piss him off. But TJP <laughs> is uh, is really yes. a tremendous worker, Corey. That's a great find, but t- TJP, to be part of MLW.
1: Yeah, and and people forget he was actually a part of MLW 15 years ago. Uh, Coming up, he was uh, known then as Puma and wore a mask. I actually recently tweeted a picture, and it's on our Instagram, of TJ Perkins in MLW in 2004 in Orlando wearing the old Puma mask that he used in Mexico and in New Japan when he was very young. So this is his first match in MLW in a decade and a half, which is kind of crazy because he's not that old.
0: Uh, lastly, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about one of your uh, former broadcasters, and Jim Cornette. And yes. Jim is is one of my favorite managers. He managed my favorite tag team as a kid, the Midnight Express. So I've always been a big fan of Jim. But I I, <laughs> I want to ask you, and I need you to clear up for us sure. and the audience about Jim and the relationship with MLW, because the rumor is out there is that. Uh, Jim Cornett was released from MLW, that there was a, a disconnect between the company and Jim. Uh, why is Jim not working with the company, and, and what is your relationship with Jim?
1: Um, so Jim came in when Tony Schiavone, uh, he has a carve-out in his contract where he can do uh, Atlanta, uh, Atlanta baseball and Atlanta football, Georgia football to be precise, because uh, he, he actually had uh, Pre existing deals to do those uh, events. So we had to have a carve out. And so we moved from Thursday events to doing our events on Saturdays primarily. Uh, that created some scheduling conflicts through uh, a chunk of our year in 2019. So we needed someone to put, you know, go in there and pinch hit for us. And that's when I called Jim Cornette. And within a phone call or two, Jim was uh, going to be with us. And we had X amount of dates that we agreed to in advance that we'd uh, have him on board for. And uh, that concluded, as, by design, as we uh, mutually agreed upon, July 6th in Chicago. And Tony came back and started calling action shortly thereafter in August. And meanwhile, we also were introducing young new talent, like A.J. Kirsch, who won the Rock the Promo uh, Dwayne Johnson Award, because uh, we're doing other programming and go into places like Mexico, which I don't know if Jim Cornette really has a great desire to go to. Right. I love Mexico, yeah. but Jim doesn't like to travel. So he would have to drive, I guess, from Louisville to Mexico. That would be an incredible <laughs> documentary. I would love to start looking at how we can, you know, uh, possibly finance that. Cause that to me is like the most incredible thing. Uh, I, I, we, we always would joke that the best TV series that's never happened is Jim Cornette, uh, Jim Cornette versus the world, and just have him going around on road trips, and how he experiences America and the world, uh, it'd probably be a pretty wild experience. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I mean, I have a, I have a, I, to this day, I, I, at least you could ask Jim. I, Jim has probably maybe a similar opinion or not, but uh, I, I consider Jim a friend. He's still on my Christmas card list. So uh, ho- hopefully, the Louisville Slugger feels the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, people from my senior team talk to him probably every week or two so Uh, I think it's amicable, but, you know, let's listen to the next podcast.
0: Tune in. (laughs) You never know, right? (laughs) You never know. (laughs) MLWtix.com is where you go to get your tickets for Intimidation Games. It's coming back. The home of MLW is Chicago. I'm saying, Court won't say it, but I will say it, that Chicago is the place uh, for MLW, and again, Intimidation Games, MLW, Fusion TV tapings taking place in February on the 29th. Court, as always, I appreciate your time. Thanks so much for coming on the show
1: hey thank you and hope to see you guys february 29th fusion tv taping ten dollar tickets it doesn't get better than that and here's another exclusive just confirmed triple a luchadors will be joining us in the house whenever they're there they rocked the house last time was chicago in march and it was an amazing experience when we had Toru's and laredo kid and all those guys we're bringing back the Triple Luchadors, February 29th. Don't miss
0: it. Oh, what, what you got a name? Can you give Can you give us a name? You just can't say Luchadors. Come on. I, I,
1: well, I, I, I'm working on that right now with Conam. I, all I can say is that we're, the mandate is let's get the best Luchadors. And guys, maybe you haven't seen Chicago necessarily or the U.S. And we're working on that because there's all types of guys to have. I mean, there's guys that people love from the Lucha Underground era, like uh, Drago and AeroStar, But there's also guys like Psych- uh, Psycho Clown, who's insane and awesome and very much like an LA Park brawler. So we have a lot of guys like Kingo. All these guys are guys that are on my wish list. Who's going to make the wish list? I gotta get on a text and figure that out with Conan right now. But it's a it's a lot that AAA Luchadores will be on the show. Ah. Oh, <laughs> that's the false truth oh, and so unbelievable. As of them, up, up, up to this minute. I, I just got a text from him about 20 minutes ago. So <laughs> it's ongoing, very fluid.
2: Jeez, you just,
0: I'm looking for something up your sleeve you just won't tell me. Well, <laughs> guess you have to find out by going to come to Chicago. MLWtix.com is where you go for MLW. Court, thank you so much.
1: Hey, thank you for having me. See you February 29th.
0: Great to hear from Court Bauer from MLW. Uh, A few other news and notes for you uh, regarding ACH, the former Jordan Miles. He posted a video on, uh, I believe this was on Wednesday, and he says he's officially done with the WWE. Don't call him Jordan Miles, he is ACH. Oh boy, not happy at all.
1: As of today, I'd like to officially announce that I quit fucking WWE. I am no longer employee. I refuse to work for racist.
2: Mm-hmm. I fucking quit, fuck them. I hate that fucking company and everything they fucking stand for. All they did was ever hold our fucking people back. I do this shit for the culture. I don't need anyone's fucking permission to do what I want to do. Screw Jordan miles. Don't ever call me by that slave name. Call me ACH and don't forget the
0: super bitch. I quit. Fuck you. So the thoughts there from ACH. I don't know what's going on with ACH. Um, I don't know if he is on a hiatus. There's been nothing from the WWE saying that they are severing tile, uh, severing their ties with Jordan Miles, ACH. I don't know what's going on, but um, boy, that's, uh, he's going through something right now. I'm looking at the video. You have to see it for yourself. There seems like there's something going on with him, personally, and I know he's not happy with the WWE, but nothing has been official just as of yet. It doesn't look like an angle to me, We'll see what happens. CM Punk is back talking wrestling. He's not back with the WWE, but he's back with Fox. And so he walked out on the new show that's out there for uh, WWE called Backstage, along with uh, several other co-hosts on the show, including Renee Young. But it was noted that there was a conversation with CM Punk, trying to sign with Tony Khan and AEW for a significant amount of money. Now, keep in mind, just because Punk is going to be on this backstage show doesn't necessarily mean that he is signed with the WWE. You would think that at some point, right, that because he's with backstage that he would sign with WWE. But just understand that there is a difference. CM Punk is there as a commentator, as a special contributor on this Fox show backstage doesn't necessarily mean he's going to sign as a wrestler. But AEW has been wanting CM Punk, and they've had conversations, but nothing has turned up just as of yet. So uh, we will see if CM Punk returns as an in-ring competitor with the WWE. I have not necessarily missed CM Punk as a wrestler. Just because he's been gone so long, I just think that he'd be great as a commentator. I think he'd be a great color analyst if he doesn't have the the want to, if he doesn't want to be in the ring. I know that he's polarizing. I know that I love him as someone from Chicago. I know that he is you know, great Blackhawks fan, and he's given us, given us a lot of moments as wrestling fans, but if he doesn't go back to the ring, that's fine. If he signs with AEW, that's fine too, uh, but... I think at this point, if CM Punk is even a special attraction, I think their fans would really love it. Not week in and week out, but just in certain matches, I think people really enjoy that. Um, But... I look forward to seeing what's next for CM Punk, but as I mentioned, I have not missed watching him week in and week out. It's great to see that he's in good spirits as he's with Renee Young on that uh, show. He's going to be on that show next week, and that should help the numbers because no one has been watching that show in an abundance. It's been under, I think the last show was under 50,000 viewers watching that program. So... We'll see how much of a bump that that audience will have with CM Punk in the mix as a special contributor on that backstage show. So glad that you're with us. Don't forget to follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at WrestlingTWT. And don't forget to follow this man at The Hoots Podcast. Josh Lopez joins us here on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. As we have our conversation, open up a tab and go to ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. Bookmark that. You'll need that as a wrestling fan. ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. And Josh Lopez, as always, joins us here for our special edition of TWT. Hello, Josh.
2: Hoodie, man, it's time to book the territory, if you will.
0: That's what we do, my friend. We're going to book the territory up and down the highways and byways by God.
2: Always remember, you always got to maximize your TV time. <laughs> That's exactly
0: right. I wish AEW would have done that in Nashville. Uh, oh, God. Ooh, so so NXT versus AEW, this is our breakdown that we always provide for you. So um, I started off. Watching NXT is do you want to start with NXT first? Yes, okay, let's start with the the, the let's stay, save the worst for last. Um, so Leo Rush against Angel Garza for the in that uh, NXT championship matchup, um, the cruiserweight championship. Boy, what a great start to uh, the show, wasn't it? I mean, Leo Rush and Angel Garza, they tore the house down. And as we talked about before, I'm a big Garza fan.
2: Garza is awesome. And also, I'm very happy for Leo Rush. I know he was dealing with some mental issues um, a couple months ago when he took his leave after Raw. And I'm just glad that he found his happiness again. And you can see he has a pep in the pep in his stuff when it comes to his in-ring stuff. Uh, he's had a, a couple great outings on 205 Live as well. Obviously, as the champion, and the match was just it was off the charts. Even to the point where you know Garza, like he's like a passive aggressive baby face in a way where like you slap people's hands and be the nice guy before you know he just rips off his pants and throws it at Leo Rush's wife. <laughs> <laughs> I I, I love the match. It was awesome.
0: Yeah, it, it really was and Garza's is just he's just is got star written all over him with a second generation, you know, pro wrestler. Leo Rush, here's the thing. That springboard cutter. I don't know how many times you're gonna try that move and it doesn't work. You gotta have a. I know he's got a lot of different things in his arsenal. The thing yeah. that bothered me is that he continued to try that move. It and, and, and it didn't work for like for three three different times. And it's like, my god, man. Like he you, to come up once, once on the come up, right? Once for the come up miss, and once for the finisher, if that's the case. But he tried it several times. It didn't work. That seemed like that. That slowed the match down for me. But I, it was a a a plus match for me
2: right hoodie you, i'm glad that you have me on here because i more than anybody like really break down these matches in detail obviously with my website uh, one thing i noticed and it's not just nxt related this is every single wrestling promotion i don't know what it is whether it's producers or agents but i'm noticing a trend where you repeat spots Back and forth. Not just, like, a regular exchange, you know? I'll talk about, okay, here's a match. For example, Sammy Callahan, he'll do, like, two pump kicks in the beginning of the match, three pump kicks uh, towards the end of the match, you know? There's, like, a repetitive trend with certain moves. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's something I've been noticing on every wrestling show right now.
0: Yeah, especially when you, when you hit your move. And there's that kick out of two. It's it we get a lot of video game wrestling. That's what I consider it. Because to right. me, if I know that you have sixteen to eighteen different moves that you can utilize, then you don't have to keep going to your finisher and and miss or going to your finisher and not being able to score the pinfall. I, I just uh, call me old school. But once you hit your finisher, that's your finisher. That that's it. Like that that should be yeah. it. Because you have all these other moves. So all those other moves you should be able to utilize leading into your finish. And by the way, to me, a kick out of a finish for me should be on pay-per-view and not on a regular, you know, weekly Correct. TV show. That's just for me, though.
2: Yeah, I, I agree, with you. you should I think false finishes are warranted on takeover specials, not on weekly television shows.
0: Yeah, I I agree with but you.
2: But th- that's the thing, though. I feel like maybe the AEW and XC feel the pressure that they had to have these, like, pay-per-view style matches on television since they're competing with each other
0: all right um we, i thought that just to see finn balor come out there finn balor finally getting quality mic time right big, right. Th- big I'm, I'm glad that he's got these promos man because it just speaks a, a lot to his character and mm-hmm. him calling out matt riddle riddle from behind again just adds electricity to the show
2: Ben Ballard's been on point since coming back to NXT. Uh, If you guys haven't heard his recent appearance on uh, After the Bell with Corey Graves, he goes into detail and says that he found himself. And he's going to start making decisions for himself, and he's going to start valuing himself more. He said he didn't do that a lot when he first came to WWE because he – and while he was experienced in the business, he was green into how it is to be on a U.S. domestic television platform and learning time cues and uh, structure out different spots to go into commercial breaks. Like it was a different transition for him as a overall wrestler. And now here he is. He has a new leash on his career. And look at, just look at the look on his face when he cuts to promo. It, it, it doesn't feel like he has a bunch of weight on his shoulder. You know, he's just feeling loose. He's being himself. And him against Matt Riddle in Chicago, that's going to be insane.
0: Keith Lee against Roderick Strong, non-title match. And just, uh, once again, little guy against a powerful uh, Keith Lee. Um, That match worked for me. Didn't like like the finish. Did not like the finish. But I did like uh, the spots from both guys.
2: What did you think about uh Do- uh Dominic Dijakovic um joined the men's war games match
0: um you know what that works um Dijakovic is been a, a character babyface because of how the audience has responded to him right. um when Dijakovic had those matchups with Keith Lee seems like it was 50-50 as far as people rooting for him anyway so yeah. D- Dominic in that spot that works fine I, um a powerful guy no wasted motion so I think that that's a great spot for him big spotlight for him
2: yeah I agree too and uh, I I don't, I know don't want to pass over to uh, Keith Lee Roger Strongmas because I did enjoy it yeah I think the finish was a little off um, and okay. I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to figure out like who's going to be the fourth person is this somebody that's going to show up next week or uh, at takeover I uh, that that was the only confusion I had from last night, is because obviously they're still trying to build up the the squads for these uh, men's war games matches. There's still one person missing, so who's it going to be?
0: That's a good question. It could
2: is it be... Gonna be the going to be the dream. I don't know.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. Is Valentin Dream healthy? Is he ready to go? That's a that's that sounds like a good plan right there. Actually, I need
2: to channel my inner Ryan Satin and see it. Oh, geez. <laughs> my sources.
0: Oh so, yeah. man. <laughs> Uh, Swerve Scott against Bronson Reed. Um, this NXT is trying to push Bronson Reed down our throats. Um, and so uh, here's a, a big guy here that can do a lot of things. He's very athletic. I've always been a, a Swerve Scott fan from the independents, right. working with MLW as well. So Swerve Scott, that was not the best match, but it was a nice filler match and just a great way to be able to push both guys uh, in that matchup.
2: Right, it was just a solid TV match. It didn't bother me one way or another. Um, one of my favorite parts of last night's show was the brawl with uh, Damian Priest, Pete Dunn, and Killian Dean. Last week we were talking about it. it. Looks like they're gonna have a triple threat match at WarGames. So I'm fine with that.
0: So two big guys and then a little guy with would Pete Dunn. Um, right. I, you know, <laughs> I really think that uh, I think that Damian Priest is. Uh, is a terrific wrestler. I think that there's a lot of money in him for the future. Um, I really do. I think that he's really good. And, and by the way, can you market the name Punishment Martinez? How great a name is that?
2: I really like that name. <laughs> it was one of the few marketable things that, again, Ring of Honor missed out on.
0: Yeah, <laughs> a, a typical of Ring of Honor, especially as of late. Um, so, <laughs> so you know my heart was hurting, right? My heart yes. was hurting because my, my girl my bay Mia Yim out there against Io Shirai ladder match to secure a war games advantage, and Mia Yim got busted open. It was a it was first of all you know it's gonna be physical because Io Shirai, but then this the drop kick right into the face of Mia Yim busting her open, and it was one of those things where I was watching Josh and I'm like, please let let, let us not be like um, Samoa Joe bleeding and having to stop the match because of his blood, like oh, we yeah. saw on a takeover not too long ago. Like, please, don't let it be that. Please. Right.
2: And, but
0: but, but, thank goodness that the match had enough fluidity for Mia Yim to continue, but it didn't mean that she wasn't going to get more punishment as she went through her ladder. It was as physical, more physical than I thought it was going to be.
2: And Io Shirai is, like you said, she's more aggressive than what she presents for her size, you know? I just like the way she wrestles. The It's just, I felt like it was a fight more than a regular pro wrestling ladder match. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and just the ladder just happened to be there. And actually, you know what? The way that was laid out... That seems like should be the formula for a lot of ladder matches, right? Like the ladder's right. there, but you're wrestling and trying to wear down your opponent to set up the ladder, a couple ladder spots to get up the ladder and be able to get the briefcase or, or the, the title or whatever you're trying to get to. So uh, then you got the outside interference because Dakota Kai comes out. And, and, and by the way, I hate these rules on the fly from both NXT and AEW. We'll get into AEW in just a second. As far yeah. as NXT, so, so no disqualification in a ladder match. Since when? Since when? Has that always been the case? Yes. No, it has not.
2: Uh, WWE, at least from what I'm watching, has always been no DQ. No. I don't
0: know if,
2: I don't know if that changed for different promotions. I, I always thought it was no DQ. How,
0: how is it a notice qualification if somebody else interferes in a match between two people in a ladder match?
2: Well, it wasn't a it wasn't a no DQ when Bray Wyatt cost Roman Reigns the money in the big briefcase. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's a good question. It was just
0: it was just reminded like it was it was uh, Mara once again bullying his way through the broadcast, telling yeah. you know saying that oh it's a no DQ it's okay for Dakota you know it's okay for Kaylee Ray to come out because he, as we heard from Mrs Edge Mrs Copeland. Uh, mm-hmm. uh You know, <laughs> she said, "Oh, I, this is just—I can't believe this is happening. I, this is not right." And like marl's like, "Well, oh, it's fine because it's no DQ. It's okay for Kaylee Ray to come out there." And just well, like, I
2: I don't think that I think they made a mistake putting Dakota Kai out there first because she said before that match, "Oh, if anything happens, I got your back." She's the first one out, like. I don't know. Maybe I, I'm happy that Kaylee Rachel. Don't get me wrong. I love Kaylee Ray from XUK. Uh and she got a great reception for the crowd when she showed up. But when she when Kaylee Ray should have came out first, then Dakota Kai came in.
0: I agree. I agree with that. Um, but that's you know, and and just on the in the back of my head, I'm thinking this is interesting, right? I mean, we are seeing. Kaylee Ray come out from NXT UK. Oh, you and I know who that is. It's just a lot of NXT UK people coming out. I I don't know if the general audience knows who some of these wrestlers are. No introduction. They just come out cold. Like you and I know who Kaylee Ray is. Did the audience?
2: I, it's hard to gauge for me because Full Sail is one of the biggest collection of hardcore fans. So I think most of the people inside that building know who they are, but. But but for the people on Twitter or watching
0: at home, I can see your point. Yeah, I just these people are coming out of the woodwork, and this is NXT UK where you gotta search and find, <laughs> you know, NXT UK. It's not out there like Raw and SmackDown. It's not like NXT UK has got its own tab on the WWE network. Right. So, so it's it's interesting, um, and then of course it. I I love to see you know Bailey attacking. Uh, Shayna Baszler at the end it took a little bit of the, the piss and vinegar uh, out of the ladder match because to me that's the high spot like Bailey comes from behind and attacks Shayna Baszler and that's how the show ends that's I liked it it just that it took my attention away from Mia Yim just for the moment
2: right that that spot was nasty man I, I hope she's feeling good I hope there was any serious injuries on that end of that bump because oh god that's a, my, that's, back, my back was hurting just typing that down.
0: That's a badass bump, isn't it?
2: Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I, I, I agree with you. I was happy to see Bailey out there. Do you feel like it was kind of rushed? Because she literally came in with one minute left before the show went off. No,
0: there. that's fine. I mean, that you're, <laughs> that's how you, you're going to end in a high. I'd rather for, for it to be that than see Mia Yim, you know, being in, in just completely shattered and broken the
2: way she right. was.
0: I thought that sh- I thought the show was, was action packed. There was stuff outside of full sail where there's chaos with women down left and right. Um, right, I, I just and Triple H out there. It's almost like NXT said, okay, let's pick up the pace a little bit and kind of expect the unexpected, like we see with AEW at times. So I thought overall that was it's one of the one of the better NXT versus um, AEW shows that we've seen from NXT standpoint
2: there's been a continuous flow on the NXT episodes the last couple of weeks. And I, I think it's a good thing. I, and I remember when we first started doing this, I was saying it was going to be a transition period and how they book their shows for weekly two hour television, as opposed to a one hour show on the WWE network where you have, I don't know, a minute and a half commercial breaks. You could edit things out and it's a transition process. Is everything perfect? No, but I've, liked what i've seen so far from nxt
0: now it's aw god almighty. Can, I start,
2: can we start with the pay-per-view really quick since i haven't had a chance to talk about it yet
0: you go ahead and then we got to get to the other because i've already talked about full full gear from baltimore so what stands out most about full gear
2: all right I'll, i'm gonna start with the positive because i'm not a negative type of wrestling fan but i <laughs> um we were talking about this before we went on air today like Not only did we have a sloppy night in Nashville, there was a sloppy night in Baltimore as well. Uh, I think there was two things on the show that I enjoyed the most was Hangman Page against Pac and the Cody Rhodes-Chris Jericho match with the uh, subsequent MGM heel turn. But again, we start off with the constant issue I have with AEW and is their taxi matches—they're all over the place. They make no sense. Uh, I it's kind of funny how they're like using the referee to say, "Oh, now we're actually going to apply tag team rules." And then again, it goes to the uh, the the. I don't know why you need ten seconds to be in the ring to do double team spots. By the way, let me get that out of the way. Um, yeah. Did I enjoy the Young Bucks in Santana Ortiz? Yeah, that was a good match, but what did that accomplish? And then you look at John Moxley and Kenny Omega. I'm glad that they're fighting each other, but it was under the wrong pretenses. The storyline was that John Moxley was viewed as an outsider from the WWE, and Kenny Omega is the pure wrestler, but you decide to have a 40-minute TNA style hardcore match it was just the wrong element from both guys that's sh- that first match between them should have been a classic wrestling match
0: mm-hmm.
2: and we go through this crush that AEW has with lights out unsanctioned matches and I think it offers a mixed message to your audience this is all elite wrestling you have Uh, self-proclaimed best wrestler in the world in kenny omega and you're having them have a czw match with john moxley just because john moxley's there it didn't make sense to me it was too long it wasn't to my liking and i I don't know i I don't want to be too harsh here but like it really threw me off
0: (laughs) well i i i thought it was a three match card um Santana Ortiz and the Young Bucks are going someplace because you see that from the AEW show this past Wednesday in Nashville. Um it's a tag team it's it could be a very, very good tag team match series between the two. So I, I have no problem with that because clearly they're they're going somewhere with it. Um those that particular um, proud and Powerful and Young Bucks Adam right. Page and Pac they could wrestle 10 times and I think we would get 10 different type of outcomes it's yes. a really solid singles match um, Sean Spears and, and Joey Janela Clearly, the AEW is trying to turn Joey Janela into a viable wrestler more so than a stuntman. They got a, uh, they got too many stuntmen already in AEW, so they're trying to make Joey as an attraction. And he just he just appears so small against Sean Spears. And if you're going to be that small, you've got to be able to be fast and quick and do a lot of different things. And Joey is just kind of a straight ahead. Kind of a smash mouth guy, but Sean Spears could do a lot more. I just think that he could be a lot better, and I don't understand how you have Tully Blanchard in your corner and we never hear Tully talk. Never hear Sean Spears talk. So I, I, that's a disconnect for me. I just thought that the the SoCal Uncensored Lucha Brothers private party match is just going to be what it is. It's going to be one of these triple A, you know, uh, crazy matches that goes back and forth without a lot of thought process and kind of um, thoughts of how to be able to put the match together. I told you I'm not a big Rio fan. I I know that Rio and Emi Sakura have been wrestling, you know, uh, across the country, um, internationally for a long time, so like Rio's never going to be over with me, so that's, I can't throw that match out. Jericho and Cody told a great story, Um, and those are the two that are the most over in the company, is Jericho and and Cody, because they know how to tell a great story, and they're veterans, and they're respected. So I thought that that was a a terrific singles match. I told you last week that MJF was going to turn, and he turned. I mentioned on the last podcast that the only problem, if there's ever going to be a problem, if you even notice as a fan, here's the problem at the end. If you notice in the left-hand corner, you saw MJF with the towel, that was the tell. Mm-hmm. See, that like, if you don't see the towel, you don't know it's being thrown in. A perfect example of that is Iron Sheik against Bob Backlund. You didn't see the towel being thrown in on TV. It was just the Cobra clutch that Sheik had uh, Backlund in, and then the towel was thrown in out of nowhere. Well, you, it was kind of telegraphed by seeing MJF with the towel. As, yeah. as, as Bully Ray said on Busted Open, MJF should have thrown the scarf in. Because that would have, because it's like MJF scarf means that that is his towel, and then just like beat the hell out of Cody, and then wipe the blood of uh, Cody on MJF scarf, and you can use that as a symbol. And uh, and Moxley and Omega, well, you know, that's not my type of match. Um, for forty minutes to be able to lay that out for forty minutes, I agree with you. Use take it step by step. Moxley and Omega—they have an issue. Great, but that should be the blow-off. I shouldn't see that match. If you're gonna have that match until July of 2020, but right. now—but now it's like, if Moxley and Omega still is a thing, then what tops that?
2: I was waiting for Father James Mitchell to come out.
0: <laughs> like, so, so I mean, you, you, so you hot shot at the shit out of Moxley and Omega. So great. I mean, if you liked it, you liked it. It just wasn't my cup of tea necessarily. Um, but now what? Th- that's not the end? What is, what is the end? Right. right.
2: <laughs> you know, going back to the NGF heel turn real quick, um, I agree with you. It was bad cam work. Like, you didn't see... When you had the Montreal Scrooge job, I was watching the the 97 Survivor Series back a couple weeks ago. Um, they, when... Sean had the sharpshooter. You didn't automatically have the camera on Vince. It's like the bell rang, then you panned over to Vince.
0: Right. Right. And
2: those production uh, shots are important. You know this as well as I do, being in the business. Like, <laughs> uh, especially doing television, uh, if, you don't want people to, know when you can notice something subtle like MGF holding the towel in the corner like that. That's just not good.
0: AW Dynamite, Josh. Um,. This is the worst effort that AEW's had to date. Um yeah. and I, I listen, I'm I'm optimistic about both shows, but I just coming off a of pay per view, it was AEW trying to get some of their newer talent over. John Moxley in their first matchup against Michael Nas- Nakazawa, I know it was kind of a squash match to try to get John over for him to be able right. to speak, that's fine. But but then you follow it up with Dark Order against Jurassic Park, Jurassic Express Dark Order's not fucking over. Stop putting them on TV. Stop putting them on TV. If you can't explain what Dark Order is, stop putting them in, put them on Dark. Give, give me a video package of what they are. I don't care if Uno is speaking on the mic trying to get, you know, um, trying to get the Jungle Boy and trying to get Marco Stunt to join. Who are they? What is
2: it? Right. God, yeah, I didn't. I think I was watching the two hour edition of AEW Dark last night. Well, yeah, I mean, look, look those those
0: guys got to get on dynamite. I get that, but you can't put them on dynamite until he, you explain. You know, like Nakazawa's got got baby oil. If you haven't watched Dark or if you haven't watched the the pre shows, no one knows what that is. Right? What is it? You know, you just you can't you. Josh, you have two hours on TNT, you've got, you've got uh, a YouTube series on Dark, you've got all the time in the world on social media, explain who these people are, you can't, it's not, this is not just for me and you and the niche audience of, of wrestling fans that's supposed to know everything, it's, you're trying to grow your audience beyond us, that's how you grow your company.
2: Again, I just feel it right now. AEW is offering mixed messages of what they want to produce. Once again, we want to redo WCW. The next segment, we want to have PWG on a national platform. Uh, The next hour be CZW. It's like, I I don't know what they're trying to go after. And and with wrestling and just entertainment in general, you can't please everybody. I don't want a wrestling show just for what I like. (laughs) That's <laughs>
0: Impact Wrestling said, "Hold my beer." <laughs> oh, God.
2: <laughs> Thank God for NWA power, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. Impact Impact Wrestling said, "Wait, you uh, something for everybody? Hold my beer. Here's here's the Attitude Era. Here's here's WCW Saturday Night. Here's PWG. Here's bad comedy. Here's great wrestling. Here's bad wrestling. Here's WCW Thunder. <laughs> here's here's you know here's uh you know." Uh, WWF
2: Shotgun Saturday Night. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. (laughs) Hold my beer. Um, Um, The the other thing. All right, so we move on. Right. So those two matches like did nothing for me. Okay, it's great to see Luchasaurus back, by the way, because that's the only redeeming quality along with uh, Jungle Boy. I love those two together. It's just that again, you know, Marco Stunt is in that tag team match, and there was missed spots by the Dark Order. There's two glaring um. missed spots in that Dark Order <clears throat> match like how do they get over when they made mistake that the the pinfall was screwed up the, the senton yep. off the rope by the big guy completely missed how do you completely miss Marco stunt
2: and, and it sucks for me too when I'm covering a match and I don't want to say oh this move was botched it was. I don't want to write that it's down
0: Like, like it's <laughs> two huge spots you you write that down on ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com next time for god's sakes yeah. <laughs> and then, and, and then, then Darby Allen, Peter Avalon, and Sean Spears. No reason to have all three of those guys in there. That's Darby yeah. Allen versus Sean Spears all day. That's what you want. Peter Avalon comes right. out there with the freaking mic and says, "Ah, Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, James, what is he? Did he say James Aldean? What did he uh, say? Jason Aldine. J- yeah. J- Jason Aldean, Johnny Cash. Mike goes off. He, he, well, well, what was that about?"
2: I don't know. What was he saying there? And why are you doing entrances during the during the commercial breaks?
0: Well, like, like well, well, Peter Avalon. I don't want to hear anything he has to say.
2: No, that's a good point. Too. I, I don't want to hear anything. <laughs>
0: I, I, I mean, if anybody needs to be on AW Dark as a, a a darling on Dark, it should be him. Like he comes out there and, and says two country names and doesn't finish the thought. Then what's the point of it?
2: It, it, was that just to plug the Country Music Awards that was going on last night? Like, because <laughs> that was the best thing that happened in Nashville that night.
0: Yeah, I guess, I guess, <laughs> and then like Sean Spears disappears in a in a fake fight with Joey Janella. Right. Like, like, okay, all right. So I mean, it, that did something for Darby Allen, sure, but it just you know, uh, thank God that at least Excalibur and. Tony were telling the story about Darby Allen living in his car. You know, t- at least now you're painting a picture for me. Like, okay, Darby Allen is a troubled soul, and now he's in wrestling. So, it, I I was happy with that. That was a good story that was told on the right. broadcast.
2: I um, was worried about Jr. throughout throughout the show. I was just waiting for him to go off. <laughs> you could tell he was not happy with that show as it was going on.
0: That might be a separate <laughs> podcast. And yes, I, it and, is. And I love Jim, but that that effort was not good last night. It just was not. And he and he'll be the first one on his show like I'm not fucking phoning it in. God damn it! I'm I'm into it. I'm into it. Yeah, not you really. Stan Not not really though. But not really. You know what I'm saying? Like, honesty compels me to tell you. Like that's Tony Shavani. word per word per sentence word per minute. Gives more quality in that broadcast than anybody on that AEW dynamite show. He didn't even say that much, but when he says something, it means something.
2: Right. So we got Darby Allin against Jon Moxley next week. That should be a good match. Um, Again, like Jon Moxley's promo at the beginning of the show saying, I'm the most dangerous guy in AEW. And. Either you're painting out Darby Allen to be the dumbest person on AEW, or the the guy with just the biggest guts out of the whole company. So I, I like I like that story plot where they're going with that match. What I didn't like was this random announcement of a TNA style gauntlet match next week, where like I just said, like said in TNA you have a regular battle royal, right? And then the final two end in a match that's either pinfall or submission. If you're going to do a battle Royal, just say it's a battle Royal.
0: Yeah, I know. I know, <laughs> but to, here's it. And I'll just finish up. Like, good to see Nyla Rose out there with a victory. Um, and, um, pa- pack against uh, hangman page, uh, as pack wins by submission. Again, it's a matchup that I want to see more and more because it does so much for both competitors, including hangman page. I just, you can hear cowboy shit being, um, uh, you know, people chanting that in Nashville, which is that means they're getting behind him. So I really like those two. They really put on a nice match. Um, nothing like a backstage brawl between Santana and Ortiz against the Young Bucks, and all of a sudden you open a bathroom door and there's Orange Cassidy.
2: Oh boy! Is, is
0: that how he used the bathroom? Just standing there. No. Okay. He just standing <laughs> against the wall. I mean, he, that's what he was doing. Just standing there. Uh, <laughs> that was funny. though that was that was funny. I didn't expect that to happen. That was funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so listen listen. if NXT can have their comedy then this this show can have a little comedy too um, so SCU against Jericho and Sammy Guevara as SCU and, and here's what stood out to me is that Jericho took the pinfall from Scorpio Sky who is going to be a star in AEW as a single at some point
2: yes yeah Scorpio Sky uh, we said it a lot already on this show Scorpion Sky has a bright future ahead of him and uh, I think the main event was my favorite part of the show for AEW Dynamite last uh, last night and just the spots uh, between I, by the way I think if you had like a singles match with Jericho and Kazarian I just from my point of view, I think that'd be a good match as well. But since we're talking about Scorpio Sky, he gets an you'll obviously get an opportunity a couple weeks down the road on whatever uh, edition of Dynamite you'll be. So I c I kinda like that in a way. Uh, it didn't make Guevara or Jericho look weak. You get a future title match out of it. So I thought I thought that was the best thing that AEW did last night.
0: I thought that the Jericho MJF promo was a little long. I like I liked those two going back and forth. Uh, But I thought it was a a little long between the two. Cody comes out. You knew Cody was going to come out at some point. I thought, you know, Cody would maybe come next week and speak his mind. But he was out there just similar to his dad, you know, just coming out in the spotlight after getting beat down and having to be humiliated. And so I I like that they all came out there and did what they did. But I thought that the Jericho MJF promo was a little long, but... I can see that there is a relationship between the two now because of Cody.
2: Was that Luther Reigns out
0: there? It looked like Luther Reigns. And and <laughs> as big as that, and by the way I didn't know that that guy was that big. I had I had no idea that guy that that came out was that big. Um and JR put over his tie, not how big he was. Yikes. Did you notice that? Yeah, I did. He's got a nice tie. Ooh. He has a nice
2: ponytail. That
0: was uh yeah. So so that <laughs> so that was uh, so AEW I thought that was their worst effort and I'm someone who's optimistic about both brands. I just thought right. that it was just uh, a lot of filler and there were some good moments. Of course, every show has good moments. Like the the main event like packing, and um Hangman Page Somewhat of the promo, but a lot of this was not great from AEW, so they got to try to uh, get things back on track for next Wednesday.
2: I hope they're not going to try to coach just because Thanksgiving is coming up because I don't care what company it is. I get it, holidays are coming around the corner and some people like to go through the motions during that time of the year, but this is a new company and you have to try to get people hooked into your company. It's not time to coach just because, oh, we had a, a solid pay-per-view in Baltimore the other night, so we could just have a AEW Dark for two hours that's not that's not the time for that. AEW hasn't earned that reputation or clout to have shows like that yet.
0: Just keep in mind, and this is perspective, that AEW is new and they're going to go through their growing pains. I always related back to WCW when they went to, you know, when Hogan came into company and Hogan was taking on. Um, Kevin Sullivan's Dungeon of Doom and how bad that was until they were right. transitioned. So, so I'm not expecting five star matches every single Wednesday night from them but they just have to be able to get better and better and, and grow that grow that brand and grand and try to grow that roster so I, I like, I'm like i optimistic about both I'm just glad we're seeing great action I just thought that this one in particular was not a good effort by AEW right. um, so uh, ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com is where you go so, Josh and I are big fans of NXT UK. It's one of my favorite shows to watch because it's an hour. I think that uh, now that Tom Phillips is in there, uh, Phillips, along with Nigel McGuinness, give you a great broadcast, and I I just think that it's one of the more perfect shows for me as a wrestling fan. What, what do you think of NXT UK?
2: Let's not forget the great Andy Shepherd as well. Yes.
0: <laughs> the ring announcer.
2: The ring announcer, yes. yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, I love NXT UK. I, I think right now between NXT, I think NXT UK and NWA Power are my two favorite shows right now that's going on in pro wrestling. Um, NXT UK, as we record this on a Thursday, um, coming out later on this afternoon, so I'm excited to see what they do with that show. Today It's going to be Tyler Bay against Cassius Ono. So that should be a pretty good match. Uh, It's just a (laughs) nice, solid pro wrestling show under the WWE banner, And it's just a lot of fun to watch. I I don't get bored. They do good things. uh, Like, for example, last week they had an inside look in the backstory of Piper Niven. I like that type of stuff. The matches are good. The commentary is good. Um, It's hard to have a wrestle that has no flaws, but NXT UK is up there.
0: So, quickly, let me give you my five that I enjoy watching on NXT UK. So, I I guess one of my favorite tag teams now is Zach Gibson and James Drake, the Grizzled Young Veterans, because they always are able to create a scene. People react to them, especially Zach Gibson. I'm a big fan of Zach Gibson and James Drake. It's my favorite tag team on the NXT UK and probably in wrestling right now because they always give you great effort.
2: If you hate Gibson,
0: shoes off. Hey, if you love Gibson, <laughs> if, you, if you love Gibson, shoes on. Uh, yes. So, so hey, <laughs> hey, don't talk about my guy. That he doesn't like that. Um, so Gibson and James Drake, obviously James, uh, Jordan Devlin. Oh my goodness, man! I I mm-hmm. I search YouTube looking for anything Jordan Devlin because I know he's always going to give a great effort. So I'm a I'm a big fan of his.
2: Uh, he's fantastic.
0: Of course, Walter, because Walter, again, digging through YouTube, going through back channels uh in the UK and, and wherever he's wrestled in Europe. Uh Walter, yeah. I'm a big fan. And you know what? It's 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 hard to find a five because I love all these, these wrestlers in this company. You know who I also like and I don't see enough of? Eddie Dennis. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes, I I, I want to see more of Eddie Dennis. Like Pete Dunn has already been in NXT, and some of these other P- Rhea Ripley has crossed over. But yeah. I like that. There's something about Eddie Dennis is evil. That <laughs> I I'm a fan of the Welshman. I want to see more of him. I I like Eddie Dennis, and I hope that he's able to be healthy. And uh, if you remember, there was a video package of him going through an injury and trying to get healthy. Right. I want to see more of him. I think there's something evil that they can utilize with him.
2: I'm not sure what particular injury yet, but it looks like he's going to be out for a couple more months, which sucks because I actually do enjoy watching Eddie Dennis wrestle. The match that him and uh, Dave Mastiff had yes. at uh, NXT UK TakeOver. Uh, was it Blackpool? Yeah, that that one. Those, those guys ripped it up, and I like watching Eddie, Eddie Dennis as a performer.
0: I mean, there's so many too. I mean, I want to get your five too because, like, Noam Dar is might be the best, one of the best heels in the, in the company, <laughs> not just NXT UK, like in in the WWE. Uh, so he's got to be on my short list as well as, as far as a healthy guy to replace Eddie Dennis on my list. What what do you have?
2: Yeah, the good old fashioned honorable mention, Noam Dar.
0: Yeah, big fan.
2: Uh, all right, so I'll start off here. I'll go with Gallus here. Number five, I just like that group in general. It uh, doesn't matter if it's just the tag team or Joe Coffey as a singles wrestler. I just like Gallus as a group. I love their theme song. I mention it every week yeah. <laughs> on ACUK. Uh, it's the best theme song they have on there besides Walter's song. Um, four, I'm going to go with um, man, it, it's, there's a lot, of, a lot of people here and I feel like I'll be Giving somebody injustice, not mentioning their name here. So, um, number four, I'm gonna go with the grizzled young veterans, uh, just like you. Um, they're amazing to watch every single week. I think they are the best tag team in the WWE right now, and uh, they they're just pure good technical wrestlers. And I, one of the reasons why I enjoy guys like a Bear Corbin or Zach Gibson or and these other guys that just elicit natural heel reactions, and that's why I'm a big fan of Zach Gibson. And he's he could be a major star as a single star, as a tag team wrestler, no matter what it, the occasion is. Uh, Grizzly Young Veterans go in for number four, uh, number three, Eichner and Barthel yes. as a tag team Imperium. <laughs> I just I again another good c- classic tag team cut the ring in half, just like the Revival. I like, I like, I, I love transcribing their matches. Uh, number two, I'm going to go with Jordan Devlin. I think Jordan Devlin's the best pure wrestler on NXT UK. Uh, the guy doesn't have bad matches. Uh, you know, a lot of times, you, I, I hear you mention this on the show, you like seeing wrestlers that have a second gear to them yeah. in, in their matches. And Jordan Devlin... Is is that to the T? Like, <laughs> I, I the match we had a couple weeks ago with Dave Massive was really good. Really and good.
0: I, I had no idea really he'd be really able. Sn- I got, had no idea he'd be able to snatch mastered off the ropes and get that move. That was terrific.
2: The devil inside. The devil inside. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number one for me is Walter. Um, this the look, the presentation. Uh, the in-ring work obviously I think Walter and Tyler Bay is still up there as one of my favorite matches of the year so far and Walter is I think probably one of the biggest signings in all wrestling this year I know, I know a lot of people say John Moxley is the biggest get since AEW the new company but I think WWE getting Walter in general for me is probably the biggest signing out of all the companies in wrestling this year
0: so no love for Ashton Smith huh
2: whoop whoop Whoop. or joseph connors
0: joseph connors he's on a <laughs> roll <laughs> what? <laughs> what joseph connors these names i swear to god <laughs> it's just unbelievable and by it just a shout out to mark andrews dude he was in tna right josh
2: Yes he was one of the
0: exhibitionists. Yep. man, come on. For real, how do you <laughs> how do you miss on that guy? That guy is exciting. Any singles or tag team with uh Morgan Webster, that is you know what? That's a exciting tag team and I'm a Mark Andrews Mark. I like him.
2: And TNA had Okada. Let's not forget that as well.
0: I know. That's that's unbelievable. <laughs> but uh, but shout out to that whole group and we're not trying to we're not dissing anybody. We're just talking about names off the top of our head. Um right. You know, I, you know, from jazzy gabber to um you know, to Killer Jen, Kelly, to Jenny, to you know, all these all these rustlers,
2: uh, uh, Jonathan's favorite, Ziya Brookside. Oh God!
0: Oh. <laughs> and they're giving her a push for God's sakes. Are you serious, man? <laughs> just not over. Sorry, just not over. <laughs> God Almighty! You know it, it's it. Uh, you know what I want to see? To to get Kaylee Ray's NXT Women's Championship, it's got to be a matchup between Rio and Ziya Brookside. Whoever wins can take on Kaylee Ray. How about that?
2: All right, I
0: got you. <laughs> two, two little people in there with Zaya Brookside. Uh, you know what? How about this? How about this? For those of you listening to us in, in Europe and listening to us in the UK, send me matches with Zaya Brookside where she was good. Because I know that there's <laughs> – no, seriously. Like, if, Show me – send me YouTube clips or daily motion clips, and I will watch it myself, and I will change my mind. For those of you listening in the UK, tell me, tell me Zaya Brookside is good. Show me like if you wrestle for OTT or wrestle for uh, companies in the UK or in Ireland or, you know, in 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 those in that type, you know, that uh, side of the world. Show me those matches. You send it to me, Josh. Send me the great. Send me the great Zia Brookside match. Hey
2: man, she's a young uh, young lad in the business, <laughs> and I, I'm not ready to write her off just yet.
0: No, I'm just I'm just saying like. Don't You can't push her to the moon yet. I agree with you. Killer Kelly in that spot. Now we got something, right?
2: Yeah, because she has it.
0: No, I, she has more than it, pal. You, yeah, you,
2: that. <laughs> <out>. That's something. <laughs> you,
0: you, you are smitten with her. That's really funny. <laughs> so, you want her on the show? Should we book her on the show? Kelly Kelly?
2: Kelly Kelly? Or,
0: or Killer Kelly?
2: Uh, that, I, I'm more
0: down to do that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I can do that for you. 27 year old from Portugal. I can take care of that for you.
2: Fantastic.
0: I will. I will call the WWE now to get her on the show so you can spend your you know 30 minutes with her, macking to her. So <laughs> I'll let you, I'll let you handle that on your end, sir. All right. Uh, Pro <laughs> is where you go. Send me those Ziya Brookside matches. Somebody in the UK, send it to me. <laughs> I want to see those classic Zia Brooks side match, but actually, uh, not tongue in cheek. All of all of those wrestlers really work well, and they it's really fun to to watch NXT UK. It's it, an underrated brand. We're starting to see them now in the WWE landscape, so I'm looking forward to seeing more. Uh, it's a it's a it's it, and I'm looking for that podcast too. Who's got an NXT UK podcast? Do we have to do that too, Josh? Do we have to provide that for the audience as well?
2: I think that's on the table, hoodie. Oh, God. (laughs) Another (laughs) one.
0: (laughs) ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. Josh, another great week, my friend. Let's do it again.
2: Anytime, hoodie. You're the man.
0: Great to hear from Josh Lopez from ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. And uh, don't forget, oh, this story about Johnny Gargano. I'm sure you've seen this by now. WWE Backstage said last night that it was announced that Johnny Gargano will not be medically cleared to wrestle at NXT TakeOver War Games due to a uh, neck injury. WWE is claiming that the injury happened when Finn Balor turned heel and attacked Johnny Gargano on NXT three weeks ago. So, um the Wrestling Observer says that the Gargano injury is legitimate. And we'll find out more, I'm sure, as we get closer to TakeOver taking place in Chicago at the Allstate Arena on Saturday, November 23rd. Survivor Series, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, all of that taking place. All right, my friends, don't forget to follow along on Twitter and Instagram at WrestlingTWT. Tell people that. Jonathan Hood is Talking Wrestling, Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday, twice a week now and on Saturday on Sirius XM Fight Nation I will be with Mark Henry 8 to 11 a.m. Central Time is the original airing. You can always catch it on the Series XM app as well, and uh, a busy week in professional wrestling again. Thanks so much for checking it out, and don't forget to email me. If you have a card you want me to promote, you probably should send me an email, uthpods at outlook.com. It's uthpods at outlook.com. Thanks so much for checking out Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, Hood and Lopez, and a special edition of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. page. Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday.